the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Welcome to Life in Colorado. Hello, I'm your host, Louis Gonzalez, and I'm excited because I have the privilege and honor today of speaking with Major General John L. Barry, President and CEO of Wings Over the Rockies. How are you, John? Thanks a lot. Glad to be on the show again. Thank you. No, absolutely. I'm glad that we can have you back. So uh, for those who perhaps didn't hear the previous episode when you were on, tell us your story and, and, and how you came to Wings Over the Rockies Air and Space Museum. Well, I guess the short story is I grew up in the Bronx in New York, and I uh, was lucky enough to get accepted to the Air Force Academy, so that brought me out to Colorado. So I knew I was going to always retire one way or the other. Right. But after graduating uh, from the Academy, I uh, served in the military for 30 years, and it was a fighter pilot. You know, a lot of press going on right now with Top Gun, so that's sure. what we did for quite a while in the F-4 and the F-16. And after 30 years, I retired, and... Uh, we uh, moved out here, and I was superintendent of schools in Aurora for seven years, then head of Boys and Girls Club here in Denver Metro for almost three years, and now been running Wings of the Rockies for almost, uh, well, over seven years now. The New York in me comes out every once in a while, but ah. uh, usually I like to keep it under control. But, uh, you know, the Air Force, uh, you know, got the accent out of me, but every once in a while you'll be able to pick up a word or two. You bet. Yeah, I'm the same way, especially when it comes to word like uh, coffee or dog. Um, you just never know. I, I try to work hard on my non-regional dialect, but, uh, you know, sometimes there, there really isn't anything you can do. So tell us, uh, John, what, what exactly is the, the history behind the museum itself? The museum uh, has been, uh, you know, kind of an outgrowth from Lowry Air Force Base. Lowry Air Force Base started in 1937 and closed in 1994. Hmm. And when they closed after the Cold War, they closed a lot of bases around the country and, you know, as a result of the end of the Cold War. Right. And uh, Lowry was one of them. And they gave to the community uh, an incredible gift, and the community took great care of it, one of which was these two big hangars that uh, I think mm. most of your audience hopefully have uh, been to. Right. Uh, one hangar is now used as storage. We sold that, oh. and they used the money to fix up the one we have the museum in. Okay. So we can make it a first-class museum. So, um, yeah, so we've been in existence in 1994, but what's unique about us in the nation mm. is that we now are one organization, two locations. So mm. we have a second site at Centennial Airport, but we have 15 acres on an airport. Now, I don't know of any a museum in the world has got 15 acres on an airport, and we've uh, built two buildings to date. One is the Blue Sky Gallery for Aviation, Blue and Aviation, mm-hmm. and we have airplanes down there, and we fly them as opposed to just static display. We've got drones, we've got simulators, all sorts of things we can talk more about. Sure. And we built a school, uh, Colorado Skies Academy, as a middle school charter, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, all focused on aerospace. Amazing. And very unique because it's project-based learning, which is a unique way to learn. 
Yeah, this one's uh, on an airport. No, what better way for kids to be able to walk outside, hear, smell, touch, you know, feel uh, airplanes flying every day is pretty exciting. I'm speaking with John Barry, president and CEO of Wings Over the Rockies. And uh, I've actually been to your museum several times, and it's actually really great. I, you know, I want to talk about some of the more popular, uh, some of the more popular aircraft at the at the museum. So, so tell me, what what is it about the uh, the the? And I hope I'm saying this right. The the Bell UH1M Iroquois. Yeah, we've got that, so, and, uh, and that's that's known as big iconic. No, I'm just saying that's known as as the Huey, correct? Now, what is it about that that keeps people's attention? Well, it's a it's really a, a testament to the Vietnam War. I mean, the uh, Huey, as we call it, aircraft helicopter, mm-hmm. it was used in Vietnam for a number of things. Uh, you know, kind of like Mash. You know, helping people. You know, right. If you watch that TV show in the old days, yeah, that was in the Korean War, but this is Vietnam. They used to, you know, bring wounded soldiers and uh, military folks uh, in, and they'd also use it as a gunship you know, for going in and taking out uh, the enemy. So it was a great donation to us by a, a wonderful colonel that uh, carted this thing around for years and mm. donated to us to the museum, especially we're celebrating a, a focus on the Vietnam War this year, so it's really timely. Right. And uh, you'll notice it in a lot of films uh, that usually uh, take place during that period um, in Vietnam. So... I'm not sure if there's some hangar in Hollywood there's, where there's like a five or six working Hueys. It's pretty iconic of the era. No, it is, no doubt about it. And it's got a great history and saved a lot of lives and uh, was also very instrumental in, uh, you know, taking care of our soldier sailors, airmen, and Marine down there. Right, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, the Dream Chaser is also a favorite. Why don't you tell us about that one? Well, the Dream Chaser is uh, for... Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada is a company that is a great American story. Uh, started by two Turkish citizens came to the United States and uh, in Las Vegas, and they they bought this small company and now turned it into a multi-million dollar, wow. company, multi-billion dollar company, really. Oh, okay. And uh, part of that is the space focus, and that's where the Dream Chaser. So the Dream Chaser will fly mm-hmm. next year as the plan scheduled mm. to the space station unmanned. And it's the only vehicle that is presently going into space and coming back that flies like an airplane. Like we had the space shuttle. It landed like an airplane. Sure. Uh, all the other vehicles now from SpaceX to, you know, um, uh, Bezos is an uh, organization uh, where they actually come down in parachutes. So it's going to be a very unique uh, opportunity to get back to flying an yeah. airplane uh, that actually goes to space and comes back. That's, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it sounds incredible. And people are going to be, yeah, you're going to have people just crowded in after it comes back. You know, it'll, it will be manned mm-hmm. uh, in, in future flights and also going to the space station for a number of contracts that Sierra Nevada has with uh, NASA and I think some contracts with the uh, military as they go forward. But, uh, yeah, we've got a board member on our board. His name is uh, Steve Lindsay, former astronaut who was shuttle five times, head wow. of the NASA space uh, astronaut office for a while, mm-hmm. and he's uh, doing that program and getting it ready to fly next uh, next year. So it's an exciting time. A lot going on in space now. Wow. <laughs> when I grew up, space was still interesting to people. And then, of course, we got distracted by so many other things in the meantime. So We're going back to the moon, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Now, uh, speaking of space, and I think uh, I think you knew this was coming up. Tell, tell us about that X-Wing Starfighter. 
on display? Well, I've only flown it about five times, oh. so I, I, I can't talk too much about it. Just five. So this is a, a replica from the Star Wars, of course, from the movie. Right. And uh, we were very gracious to accept that. And uh, have had that for a number of years. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, there's a signature from Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is a co-chair of our capital campaign. He's been very generous with his time over these many years. Wow. And we named our theater in the museum at Lowry after Harrison, Harrison Ford Theater. That's awesome. So we got a lot of connections with uh, that part of the uh, history of movie making. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And, uh, you know, plus it's a double bonus because Harrison is a pilot himself. It has been for a few decades now, I believe. Right, yeah, he started flying when he was 50. And uh, a little late start, but uh, yeah. know, he's been great, great supporter of young people getting flights. He was head of the Young Eagles program, which is a number, a unique national program by the Experimental Aircraft Association based out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. But we have chapters all over the country, and we fly... Students are free every third Saturday at Centennial Airport at our second site. Mm -hmm. 20 to 25 kids, and uh, they get a unique opportunity. We give them a free online ground school at about $275. And then uh, when they're old enough, they can take the FAA exam um, that we help them with and get repaid on that money from a company called Sporties. Okay. And then we now give away $250,000 worth of flight scholarships every year. Wow. So kids get $10,000 or you know $12,000 for power training, you know, or $7,500 for gliders. And we just, by the way, for your audience, that application process is now open for the month of January. It goes into a little into February. But the bottom line is uh, the kids get a unique opportunity to have a pathway all the way through. I'm speaking with John Barry, president and CEO of Wings Over the Rockies. Now, tell me, John, why do you feel it's important that the history of aviation be shared? Well, it's, it's a lot of... Uh, you know, young people don't know what they don't know. Right. And our objective is to get the information out there so they know what the art of the possible is, and particularly in aviation. And it's important because there's such a demand for it. Sure. And I'm not just talking about pilots. I'm talking about aircraft mechanics, air traffic controllers, engineers, scientists, all that kind of stuff to be able to do it. So if the young people are interested in that area, uh, I'm telling you, they will not have to be banging on people's door. People will be knocking on their door. Right. But uh, we provide something that's pretty unique uh, also. We provide pathways. I've already described one pathway to you for the pilot train. Right. So, you know, you start with Young Eagles, you get your certificate, take the test, you get that money back, you're able to get a, a scholarship. We also do the same thing for drones. It's fly drones, compete drones, fix drones, program drones, and then actually have drone soccer where the drones wow. are in a cage like um, cribbage, you know, and, um, and Harry Potter. And uh, it's a great national sport now, to yeah. be honest with you. And then the other part is uh, we get them a Part 107 FAA license at 16, and they can actually get a job flying drones. Amazing. Oh, for, you know, anything from uh, weddings to soccer games, football, anything outside. We have one for aircraft mechanics where kids actually build an airplane. Um, mm. We have an RV-12, they call it, in our hangar that I have done the test flying on and finished it. We're getting ready to sell it. 80% of the airplane was built by students over three and a half years. Amazing accomplishment. And what better way to learn how to be an aircraft mechanic than to build an airplane? Mm -hmm. And then the final one is a teacher in flight pathway where we provide teachers a free flight. They get the same thing kind of like a young eagle. Right. And uh, But then we provide them professional development because every teacher has to get 90 hours of uh, extra training to maintain their teacher's license every five years. Mm -hmm. So this provides, an, and we give them an opportunity to learn how to be an advanced ground instructor because you don't have to be 
a pilot to teach ground school, mm-hmm. and or right. they can take the Part 107 lessons and get gliders where they can teach that. Right. So these right. pathways are another unique thing that's to, to the nation that we provide. Yeah, a lot of great programs at Wings over the Rockies. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, give out that website and any other additional information? Yeah, anything. Uh, we've got a gala coming up here on March 9th. We are highly invited. It's going to honor Lockheed Martin. That's what I mean. We're going back to the moon. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of what Artemis and uh, if those people are familiar with it and Orion. Right. Uh, so we're excited. March 19th, go to our website, wings, W-I-N-G-S, museum, all one word, dot org. And then you can slash, you know, donate if you want to do that or gala slash gala to be part of our gala on March 9th, Thursday, starting at 6 o'clock. It's going to be pretty unique because we're going to have Eileen Collins there. Hmm. Eileen Collins is the first female, one of the first female Air Force pilots, first female test pilot, first female uh, pilot for the space shuttle, and the first female commander of the space shuttle. It's going to be a great night. Anybody listening, they can go to that website and find out more information about the museum and how they can get involved I'm speaking again to uh, John Barry, president and CEO of Wings over the Rockies. Now, we spoke about Top Gun Maverick a little early. We, we, we kind of skimmed by it. So have you seen an uptick in uh, visitors since that movie opened? You know, it's uh, it's kind of hard to measure whether that has the best <laughs> definitely made an impact. But I tell you what, yes. it's one of the best recruiting movies for the United States Air Force. And that's kind of funny because <laughs> it's a Navy movie. Right. But uh, it really gets you know young people involved in aviation and excited about being a fighter pilot or whatever. So, yes, I, you know, kids come in and they're always asking questions about we have a unique sequence because we have the Century Series fighters in the in the museum. That's the F-100, the 101, mm-hmm. the 102, the 104, and the 105. And even the F-4 kind of counted in there. So, you know, when you talk about flying fighters, uh, we've got the, some from the Korean War, wow. mostly the Vietnam War. And uh, I had the privilege of flying the F-4, which we have in the museum, and uh, that, that type airplane, and then also the F-16. So... Yeah, there's a lot of kids that come in and are curious, and they ask the good questions, and we we hope to answer it. Now, of course, uh, the museum itself, all ages, but would you say that more kids over adults are interested in all the aircraft on display? Well, it varies. You know, there's, there's uh, multiple kinds of people that come in. Some people mm-hmm. come in because they're grandparents like me, and they want to show their grandkids what they did, and maybe they were in the service mm-hmm. or the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps. Uh, another group comes in, uh, of course, they're just advocates of aviation. Uh, if we lock the doors, they'd probably tear down the door <laughs> kind of people. Oh, okay. The next group comes in, you know, people are just not sure. They're kind of curious. Uh, they want to ask questions. They want to see what it's all about and uh, maybe get interested in aviation. And then and the fourth group is kind of, you know, kind of nice to see. It's another museum that's unique. So we try to appeal to all different kinds of folks, young and old, sure. all different you know, uh, socioeconomic uh, background groups. And we try to make sure our, ourself is a, a friendly place that is welcome to all kinds of people, young and old. So how many people would you say you've um, educated on air and space travel over the years since the <laughs> museum has been opened? Oh, my goodness. You know, since 1994, God, I couldn't even imagine what that number would be. But, you know, it's got to be in the millions. I mean, wow. Yeah. You know, we have uh, two things that's really, really unique, too. You know, we have um, our own behind the wings TV show, uh, four sessions on PBS every year, for 30 minutes. But we also have eight to 10 minute segments, about 40 to 45 of those now. Wow. And we uh, those are short snippets or the big ones on uh, PBS. We've done it for this is our fifth season mm-hmm. for four 30-minute segments on PBS. But we also have a podcast. Ah, tell us you know, about that. Uh, people understand. 
Yeah. Well, the podcast is actually hosted by Rick Crandall. Uh, okay. He used to be, you know, big TV, I mean, the radio okay. host. He's a great guy and does great work for us. And he and I do the podcast, and we tell stories and mm. interview people that are pretty unique. And I think uh, for your audience, if they just go to our website and just uh, put in their podcast, they'll they'll send Right now we're in our second season of that, and right now we're very pleased with the fact that we're in the top 10 to 15% of aviation podcasts in the country. It's kind of fun to listen to. That's incredible. And, and how long has this podcast been going on? Uh, just We started last year. Last year was our first season, and now we're in our second season. We're enjoying it, and Rick does a great job. You know, It's just fun to be with, and I think it's entertaining to the community. And uh, they're short, you know, 30-minute segments, and uh, I think people, if they uh, listen into it, I think they'll enjoy it. Right. There's so much history to be shared when it comes to aviation. So previous events held at the hangar, they can be anything from political to educational. Do you have any favorites over the years? In 2019, uh, we held Apollo Palooza. This was celebrating the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, Mm -hmm. the first man on the moon with Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and Mike Collins. Right, and uh, that was a good ten days celebration. That was wow. the biggest ten one days. Long. Yeah, but we just recently in September of uh, last year, twenty twenty two, we celebrated the seventy fifth anniversary of the Air Force hmm. down at Centennial Airport, which is a wonderful event that we had a great time. And then our galas, you know, we have, you know we haven't had a gala since twenty nineteen. This is the first gala on March 9th, honoring Lockheed Martin and having Eileen Collins there, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, really talking about going back to the moon, you know, Artemis and Orion and the different uh, aspects to it. So um, our galas were famous for being every year and wonderful. You know, we had Harrison Ford and Buzz Aldrin, you know, the second man to walk on the moon. And we had, you know, Apollo, uh, you know, different Apollo astronauts and female pilots and that we celebrate all the way down the line. I mean, it's been right. Even uh, Sully Sullenberg, who happened to be a classmate of mine at the Air Force Academy. Oh, wow. Both of us were soaring instructors as cadets. So um, there's a lot that we go there. And if you go down to the second site, every single weekend we got something going on uh, down there that's exciting. You know, whether it's Flying Young Eagles or we have, you know, um, the aspect of uh, weekend showcases. Sometimes it's helicopter weekend. Sometimes it's a B-29. Sometimes it's, you know, fighters. Sometimes it's home build. Sometimes it's uh, gliders. Sometimes it's the Air Force Academy. There's something going down there every weekend, which is pretty exciting. And uh, we also uh, fly our young Eagle kids. So, um, so I invite our, uh, our your audience to certainly come to the museum, but you realize there's a second site now that is pretty unique, and uh, I argue unique to this. I'm speaking once again with Major General John L. Barry, President and CEO of Wings Over the Rockies in Denver. John what other ways can people help to keep the doors open at Wings Over the Rockies? Can they volunteer or donate? Well, certainly uh, you can't run museum today without volunteers, and we are very graced. We have about 200 volunteers um, at any given time, and, and you can't run the operation that we have without volunteers. And we're so grateful for their participation. And it's everywhere for young students to you know, middle-aged to retired folks that uh, participate. They just love being around aviation and they mm. want to participate. Obviously, donations uh, keeps museums alive and well and allows us to bring the programs that we want to bring to our audience. And uh, that is always grateful. Uh, attending the gala, attending our weekend showcases down at Centennial Airport, on our second site, all those things combined. And we also uh, rent out our facility quite a bit 
for people to have their events. So we have uh, events that are held at the museum as well as the Blue Sky Gallery. The museum, of course, is 180,000 square feet, right. hold quite a few people. But the second site is 18,000 square feet, and we can have as many as 500 people down there for dinner seated. So I invite anybody who wants to have a pretty cool location to have an event, uh, however you know, small or large, you know, to meet the criteria that I just outlined, um, are welcome. Absolutely. So tell us again, uh, what are some of the most uh, popular programs that you offer at the museum? Now, you told us about the, the drones and the flight training. Why don't you uh, talk about the flight training? Because I'm fascinated by that. Well, you know, if you're eight, uh, eight, uh, under 18, you can fly Young Eagles for free. All right? So you sign up on our website. You just go wingsmuseum.org slash Young Eagles. And uh, you get a free flight. It's about 20, 25 minutes. You get mm-hmm. down. You get a picture. You get a certificate. And then you get a free online ground school. Right. That's worth $275, as I mentioned. Now, if you're 15 years old, you take the online course, uh, you can take the FA exam. That costs $165. If you pass the course, you pass the test, you can send it into a company called Sporties that we have partnerships with, and it's around the country. Uh, you get your $165. You get $135 for your first lesson. And then... If you've done all that, you're highly eligible for our flight scholarship. And again, we give $12,000 for power and uh, $7,500 for gliders. You can solo in a glider at 14 and get your license at 16. You can solo in a powered aircraft at 16 and get your license at 17. You can do all that before you get your driver's license, which That's is uh, great. And we've had uh, we've had tremendous success uh, with our kids right now of about a little over 100 scholarships. Uh, the kids are still in the process, but we've given away 43 licenses to fly as private pilots Wow! Uh, to kids who are under 18, uh, for sure, and usually start at around 15 or 16. Yeah, I mean, who at that age wouldn't want to uh, learn how to fly if they had the opportunity to? Well, you know, it's one of those things, you know, we, those of us who are older kind of wish we had this when we were younger, but <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's one of the things that students don't know what they don't know. And this is hopefully gets the word out about some of these opportunities. When you want to be an aircraft commander, I mean, an aircraft engineer, mm-hmm. you want to be an aircraft mechanic, you want to be a pilot, you want to be a drone pilot, or even teachers. Like I said, uh, no better way to reach kids than to understand the ins and outs of aviation than through a teacher. And that's uh, what we hope to do, continue. And uh, we're having great success. And again, very unique to the nation. It's not as if people just fly drones to take video footage. I mean, there's so much you can do with a drone. Why don't you tell us about some of those things? Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, We have our students who go through, like I said, they uh, fly drones. They learn how to compete drones and fix drones program, and then they compete them in drone soccer. Then they get their license. If you're 16 and you get your license, a Part 107 FAA license, it takes a test, written test, you know, multiple choice, you're now eligible to be hired. You've had students have been hired to uh, fly drones. Right. And what do they do? Well, anything outside. It can be, you know, weddings. It can be football games, soccer games. You can't fly the drones over people, but right. you can fly around them and take pictures and movies and things like that. Even to the point where we had one student who got hired by a construction company to do um, power line uh, inspections up and down, you know, roads to mm-hmm. see if the cables are all fine and all kind of things. And also, we just did a recent pod. We did two podcasts on uh, drones just mm-hmm. recently, if your audience is interested. One was just basically what I just explained, but also the, the drone soccer. We go into more detail. 
It started in South Korea, and now it's a national sport here in the United States. But the other one is uh, drones are being used to carry uh, very important, uh, you know, issues like heart transplants and liver. You know, what better way to deliver something immediate to a hospital that's clear across the city that may take you an hour to drive because of traffic than fly a drone from point A to point B with uh, a heart transplant that needed by some poor person that needed it in an operation. You know, there's all these exciting ways that people are starting to use, even vehicles. I mean, and someday you'll order up a cab and you'll get a, you know, a vehicle that'll hover over you and land on your, um, in your front yard and pick you up and take you to your restaurant and drop you off and there won't be a pilot on there. Right. That's incredible. So now there are always events ongoing at the museum. Tell us about the more interesting ones that'll come up within the next few months. Well, uh, for instance, uh, we just had a build-a-plane, uh, you know, weekend showcase at Centennial, where actually people, I told you, we had a student, our students built an RV-12 in three and a half years, right. and 80% of that was built by students. That was just recently. We're getting ready to do an acrobatic one, mm. those who are interested in acrobatic aircraft here coming up. We've got a board member, her name is uh, Dagmar Kress, and uh she is a uh, nationally ranked aerobatic pilot who actually teaches out at Metro State, and their team uh, from Metro State won the national championship, which is pretty cool, uh, for an entire year. And they fly with us, and they use our uh, simulators, and they're invited to our things like our gala uh, and the 75th anniversary of the Air Force separating from the Army in 1947. So all those things combined allow for a very unique experience and I don't think uh, you see anywhere else. In the- Absolutely. So I just encourage everyone listening to at least, if you haven't visited before, or if you're a constant visitor, please keep going to Wings Over the Rockies. And I would like to thank uh, Major General John Barry for talking to me and for being a part of life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.